What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, we have a special edition of the Buffalo Wings and Rings mailbag, uh, recording a basketball-only Buffalo Wings and Rings mailbag here on this Wednesday. We are, and there's no shortage of questions. Uh, Our listeners came through, excuse me, gave us around, I think, 20 questions or more to get to so we'll move through those and knock them out yeah and as always this episode it's brought to you by buffalo wings and rings in london kentucky right there off i-75 you've heard me for the last two weeks plug the delicious wings the delicious tenders they have all those amazing salads so make it out to buffalo wings and rings there Uh, it's on the right if you're coming from lexington on the left if you're going up uh i-75 towards lexington i highly encourage you to get out there try those those delicious meals and get out there and catch a game. But let's go ahead and let's just jump right into this mailbag. Anything you want to start with? Anything specific on let's there? Start, uh, let's start up here with our man, Burke Beasy. He's one of the first ones I see. I was on the CAT scan last week. Appreciate Burke having me on, him and Kalen and Uncle Ballard. So we'll start. He says, the transfer portal and immediate eligibility certainly helps UK, but do you all think it also makes the SEC as a whole stronger than we've seen to this point in the Cal era? Much love from your loyal listener, Beasy. Good question, and I've got to say yes, Sean, because if there is one conference that has dominated the transfer portal in college basketball, it is definitely the SEC. Yeah, got even better today, right? Old Miss. Yeah, Breakfield. Yeah, Breakfield from Duke. Um, Kessler to Auburn. Justin Powell to Tennessee. Kellen Grady, Oscar Sheboy to Kentucky. That that list just keeps going on. It's not done yet. Arkansas, Desi Sills, right? He yeah. just played Arkansas with the Auburn. So, Pinson to – LSU, yeah. I mean, a lot of schools, it seems like, have, have improved their roster via Garrison the transfer Brooks. portal. Garrison yep, Brooks, Brooks, DJ Jeffries at Mississippi State. I mean, the SEC uh, just keeps getting better. So It'll I, be interesting to see if it's a one-off. Well, I don't think it's going to be a one-off, but how many years will the SEC kind of kind of dominate the portal? Because I would say this first go around, they're definitely way ahead of the pack. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Brandon. Are there any players' dads joining the coaching staff? So, obviously, that's uh, <laughs> it's about Cade Cunningham. Uh, no, I don't I don't see anybody from the names that we know, Derek. There will be there will be no parents on the coaching staff. I don't think so. And following that up, we got a question from David, and he asks, if Cal could replay last year over again, do you think he would have hired Cunningham's brother the second time around? Had Cal known they were going to go 9-16 – he probably would have strongly considered it. <laughs> he would. I mean, 
he would have hired your brother. If he, yeah, <laughs> if I were good enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I think that maybe if he had known that it was going to be as bad as it was and he saw his, how good Cade Cunningham was, probably so. And it, it would have just only been a one-year deal. Like, who cares what position he's in? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's no precedent set by Cal for him doing something like that, but there's also no precedent of Kentucky only winning nine games in a season, so – I got to think if he knew, uh, you know, whatever the saying is, well, what he knows now, had he known it then, and maybe it's not outrageous to think. Uh, let's go here, Sean. Unless you got an order you want to go in. I'm kind of just winging this. <laughs> so let's let's go with this one. Uh, this is from Wilson. Davion Mintz and his Instagram stories. A, genuinely dropping hints. B, a master class in hot generation good-natured trolling. See much ado about nothing, and we should all chill out. Don't they tell you, you to guess C if you don't know the answer right? That's what they tell you. Yeah, Standard always go with C if you don't know. Uh, I'm gonna say I'd probably lean towards B. That's that's the one I was leaning towards because it I'm can't be. Class. It's yeah. not A because, like I said the other day, there's lyrics that reflect him that mention coming back or I'm back, and then there's lyrics about talking about going and getting a check. And as far as C, much ado about nothing, we should all chill out. Like, the substance may be nothing, but Davion is posting that for a reason. You know, like, if you post all your UK highlights and you've still not officially made a decision, you're going to get attention from fans, right? I mean, they're going to look at that. So, I would think it's hype. Uh and I don't even think it's really trolling, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's in good nature for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, going through here, trying to see how many we have on the coaching staff. Obviously, let's get let's do this one. This one's from Allen. Rank these in order of most likely to least likely. One, Mintz return, Brooks return, Jackson return. UK lands a big name transfer point guard now in the portal or soon to be, and then Ty Ty commits. So let's go through, Derek, and uh, you want to start and rank rank yours. You want to go number one first? Uh, most likely out of all those, shoot. Um, I'm going to put Ty Ty commits. That's what I'm one. saying. I'm leaning towards five Ty Ty commits because that's uh, that's kind of the crazy thing about this list though is I don't think you can look at any of these. Well, you can assume number four that I think they'll get a big name transfer if they didn't get Ty Ty. So transfer point guard. Yeah, if if they didn't get Ty Ty, but I, I would say Ty Ty is most likely, and then I would put four as the next most likely in case they didn't get Ty Ty. I think one of those two things will happen. And then I'll go, I'll go five, four, and then I'll go two. Keon Brooks returns yeah. as the third most likely. Man, and then the I'll go Mints at four, yeah. and then Jackson at five. Like, so, I still think that Jackson's the least likely. So, Alan, to your question, Sean, I think we agree. We go 5 4 2 1 3. Yep. So, and then coaching wise, are the two rumor assistants likely to join the staff from the same school? That's the rumor. Yeah. Yeah, that's the rumor. So, <laughs> we got some more questions about that. Um, I see one here from Kenneth. With a staff shakeup coming, any chance Orlando Antigua comes back? That's the rumor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the 
That's the rumor for sure. And then uh, we have another one here from John. If Coach Antigua is coming back to the staff, does this increase the chances of Adam Miller joining the roster? Yeah, I don't know. That's not a rumor, but that and the other 50% of the coaching change, it would – it obviously it would improve their chances. But LSU is a big-time factor, Derek. And what happens first? Does Adam yeah, – does Miller decide to to go somewhere else or does those staff changes happen here relatively soon and then Kentucky becomes a bigger player? I think Tyler's really, impact it. Yeah, I really just think like the Frederick and Washington stuff has been kind of thrown off on Miller in terms of what, what's actually happening there because I don't see them adding – well, maybe they would add three more. Washington Hickman, Grady Miller, Allen, Fred Frederick. Was that am I, am I forgetting someone? Who'd you say? The two freshman point guards in the scenario if Washington came plus um Kellen Grady obviously is there and Dante Allen's there, and if you added Frederick and Miller. Yeah, that's so assuming Mintz doesn't come back. I just think it's such moving parts still that it's hard to know um, with Adam Miller. It does seem like those rumors, though, and I'm not saying this is like a lock, but it's almost like when there's a lot of smoke on something and then it dies down, it's kind of hard for those things to be revived. Although that is the case, though, with Frederick. There was a lot of smoke on him and then didn't really hear about it, and then the official went in the portal. So, like I said, not always the case, but I've just not heard anything on Miller in a long time. No, and – and that leads us into the next question from Wesley. If Mintz leaves, of the available guys out there, who do you feel could best replace his production? Is it Miller? After Big O, we really don't have that big physical type guy at the five spot. Does Cal try to find someone late who brings some size, physicality, and rebounding? On the second part of the question, in like a, in a reserve role for Big O, I don't think so because I think that that's going to be reserved for Damian Collins, and I don't think Cal's going to want to take any minutes from Collins. Uh, plus, I think Sheboy is going to just be that that dominating force for most of the game for every game, Derek. But as far as a replacement for Mintz if he leaves, I'd almost go Frederick. Just would kind of replace some of the things that Mintz did as far as, like, you obviously have a better statistical shooter there. Um, I don't really know where they're going to go, though. Like, is it – if they get Washington, do they get Frederick and get one more guard in the portal, or do they take that and use that on a point guard? Yeah. Um, on the second question, Wesley, I'd heard up until I, I think had Walker Kessler wanted to come to Kentucky, they would have taken him. With him out of the picture now, I don't know that they're going to bring in another guy. Only, who would be at the five. The only way but, they the only way they had a body in my opinion, four through five is if Keon Brooks leaves. Yeah, Brooks and Jackson. Yeah. Honestly. Um, and that's hard for me to say if, if Mintz leaves. I mean, I think I'm just trending towards a scenario that I think it's going to be Ty Ty and Frederick, and I'm going to stick with that until we see otherwise. But uh, speaking of the backcourt, Tyler Harris asks, is a backcourt of Washington – Hickman, Frederick, Grady, Allen, good enough to make a Final Four without adding a Carr, Mintz, or Miller? Good question. Um, I'll well, say you. Looking at the ESPN rankings, 
are updated. And Washington, if he does commit to Kentucky and sign, he'd be their highest-ranked commit in the ESPN rankings. Did he go to 12? Yeah, he's up to 12. And then Hickman was up too, right? Like 20. Yeah, Hickman's a five-star. He, he earned the last five-star from ESPN. I can't – it's not – yeah, it's like 20 – yeah, it's somewhere in the, in the low 20s. I don't know, though. Like, I mean, I, I certainly think that that backcourt is significantly better than the last backcourt. That backcourt's enough if their front court is elite with Damian Collins, Shibway, and if Keon Brooks is back and you've got that three-headed monster there at the 4-5, I think that backcourt's enough. I think that backcourt shoots it well enough. It would be such a different backcourt than any other backcourt he's had at Kentucky. I mean – Obviously old in regards to Frederick Grady and even Allen. I mean, I know Allen's just going to be a sophomore technically, but again, three years removed from high school. So three experienced guys and then the two freshmen who, I mean, if you're going off the rankings, it's hard to have a freshman point guard ranked any higher than one of these two guys. So outside of Kennedy Chandler, you kind of feel like you're maybe getting the best guy you could have out of the high school ranks. I think it's, I mean, I guess it'll still be a question for sure because if you have the freshman point guard, you got to see how they adjust. But then even with Grady, he's moving up a level, consistently playing against good teams. You know, how will he respond to that? Frederick has played, obviously, at a, at a high level. Um, wasn't really asked to do a ton at Iowa, and I don't think he'll be asked to do a ton at Kentucky either. So really, with his role, I, aside from maybe would or wouldn't start, I don't know how Cal would handle that. We'll probably still be doing a lot of the same things they they go to Iowa. So his transition would actually be one I wouldn't even think that much about. And then Allen, of course, too. I think he'll play a pretty similar role to last year. So it would be interesting. I mean, if you do, if you could add a car or men's came back, like obviously your team will be better. I would almost rather have one of those two guys than Miller, though. And out of the scenario we're talking about. Yeah. Men's well, I don't know. I mean, Carr's a good player, but I kind of feel like if you get Washington, it's going to lessen the need for Carr. I mean, right or wrong, I couldn't have been wrong about that. But And Ben asked, are we settling with Tata and Hickman if just two months ago we were all saying he had to 100% go get an experienced college point guard? I don't think we're settling because I, when, I, when we were looking at it, Derek, Tata Washington was not an option. So right. I was coming from – I didn't see anyone in the high school ranks that had that like elite status. But then you see Washington continue to climb the rankings. You see Hickman now climbing the rankings. Here's what happened last year. They had one guy. All the eggs were in Devin Askew's basket, and unfortunately they were cracked or they were just bad eggs. So that was where it went wrong. Mints, they didn't, they didn't even give Mints a chance until late in the season to run the one. I really think people are just spooked by what happened last year. They are. I mean, I think if Tata comes in here and dominates and looks like the lottery pick that people think he'll be, you won't hear people asking so much about – I think the experience thing just – it would raise your floor to where you – like had Kentucky had, a, I guess, a more experienced option last year that they could have used over Devin Askew, then, yeah, it probably would have been a few more wins instead of losses, but – Cal felt like for Kentucky to get to where they were going to be last year, Devin Askew had to be the reason they got there at point guard. And Misjudgment. Yeah, it was. It was a misjudgment for sure. So I think that Tati and Hickman are both upgrades over Devin Askew. I do. 
Yeah, I do too. So next question comes ben from has another one, right? Does he? Yes. Yeah, he has, will this be Cal's hardest job ever of getting the fans interested in an upcoming season? Coming off a historically bad season, more questions than answers, and for the first time since he has been here, no headline superstar. What do you think, Sean? There will always be in, you know, people interested in Kentucky basketball, but I do think that it, it I think people are going to approach it with a little bit more caution than they have. Yeah, for sure. And I would say definitely I have more caution coming into this season. But I think it will be a hard job to get people motivated. This is a year where you need Big Blue Madness, though. You know, you need to have Big Blue Madness. You need to be able to have fans come in there for that event. You need to be able to do those things in the preseason. You need to have the exhibitions and all that stuff, the normal November schedule. Um, it could take people a while. I think for people to get really, really interested – beat Duke or somebody earlier, beat one of those good teams, and I think everybody's right back in basketball mode thinking that Kentucky has a good team again. Yeah, for sure. Let's see here. Sean. Let me read the one I was going to read a second ago from yeah, yeah. Smooth86. Chances UK gets McClung. I, I, think, I think someone certainly from McClung's camp is lobbying for Kentucky to, to really – you know, ramp it up, but it, I just don't, I think if Kentucky wanted Mac McClung, they would have made it known right away. Yeah. Didn't he come into the portal right around the same time as Davion Harmon and like UK had reached out to both those guys, the initial reports. I haven't seen an update on McClung's list, but I've heard no buzz at all about McClung being here next year. By the way, the portal was over. It's over 1400. I saw that. I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. It's like 1429 or something uh, like that or 1400. I think 1429 or something. I don't know, but outrageous. Yeah, it, it's nuts. So, um, saw that like it's just crazy to think that it got to that number. I know we talked about that weeks ago. What's the number it gets to? What, where's it stop? I mean, I don't think it's, it's not going to stop where it's at right now. It's going to go, it's going to keep on moving. Uh, but I'm with you. I don't, I just don't think McClung ends up at Kentucky. If, if he does at this point, it would be something super quiet and I'd be very surprised. You have another question there. Let's do this one. We haven't answered Jonathan yet. It's obvious you know info on the coaching situation. What do you think is the motivation for any potential moves, and what goals do you think Cal is trying to address? Good question. Um, you know, I guess I would say – there, there would have been people, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong for Cal. I think there would have been a criticism, though, Sean, had nothing changed after a 9-16 and 16 season. Yeah. I think Orlando Antigua is a popular figure. Obviously, he was here those first six years, right? He was here the whole time. Or did he leave the year? Was he on the 38 and after the 38-1 and one year. Okay, so that was his last year. So, people tie him in with Cal's best stretch, right? I mean, yeah. He was one of the lead recruiters there. So I think you're getting a guy who obviously Cal would be familiar with and someone who knows the whole layout of Kentucky basketball. So I think well, it makes sense in that regard. And the other reason that I think it makes sense with Antigua, Derek, is because Cal has been – if you split the Cal era into to thirds, this last third has not been anything remotely close to what John Calipari was the first four years. No. Or five. 
And even the middle, it's different. Like from after the Fox year till now, it's just not been the same version of John Calipari. So why not go back? And there's nobody on the staff outside of John Robick. Barbie was there a little bit, but not during the good years. I mean, Barbie was getting beat up when he was at Auburn, when Cal was in those early years at Kentucky. I think Antigua, if it indeed gets done and it gets announced, you're bringing back a guy. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Who knows you at your best? Who can look at you and be like, "This isn't who you are. This isn't who you've been." What is wrong with you? Get it figured out. I think that's the biggest thing. Robic's been there, but we know Robic has gone through a lot in the last couple of years. So how invested has Robic been? Obviously, he's not an assistant with the program anymore, but I think you're bringing back a guy who knows John Calipari at his best, Derek. And I think that would be, if it gets done, that's a big deal to me. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. I see a couple here from Second Take. We can get onto those if you're ready, Sean, for those. Um, We'll start with this first one. He asks, where is the line drawn with tampering? I know a coach cannot reach out to a player who's not in the portal, but can players? Can players silently recruit other players before they officially enter the portal? Can players reach out to the staff or to the coach slash staff of another team? So players can definitely reach and talk to other players, yeah. Um, can they recruit other players? Yeah, I mean, kids talk. I don't think there's any kind of rule saying – you know, a kid can't talk to his buddy that plays on another team and say things like, Hey, you should come here or whatever. I don't think, I don't think you can really regulate that if it's in double Um, and I assume it means can players reach out to the coach staff of another team while they're still at another school. I think that is what it's frowned upon, right? Yeah. That, that would be tampering because yeah. then the coaching staff would have contact with a player who is legally with another university or under scholarship with another university without a release. But there are ways around that. I mean, you can. There are. Well, you have families. To me, families reach out to, and families don't reach out directly to coaches. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure some of it's going on somewhere, but families reach out to people involved with the program that are very close to the program and get fillers. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So, good question though, because I, 
I know that is obviously a a big concern. Uh, the Iowa compliance tweet seems to have made its rounds on Kentucky Twitter last night. A lot of people were tweeting about that. Go look it up. CJ Frederick's uncle kind of got on Facebook yeah. and went pretty much just on blast with how, I guess, how unprofessional he thought the situation was. Not from like not a tampering standpoint, but just from Iowa's comments and press release and everything else. I like this uh, other question from Second Take. It's a fun one for us. What are both of your first memories of Kentucky basketball? Sean, I'll let you go first. Well, first earliest memory is John Calipari's UMass team beating Rick Pitino in the 1996 national championship team. I think it was the second game of the season. Very I old. remember watching the game with my dad, and I'm so young. I have no idea what's going on. And all I know is that I was watching my dad get visibly upset. Like I'm sure a lot of you who are Kentucky fans watched your parents get so upset, get mad. Oh, what's going on? Like, you know, yelling at the TV and all this stuff. I cried when they lost because it was so important to my dad that it had to be important to me. It's like I instantly knew that this is like life, man. Like what happens here? So that's my earliest memory, like as far as the program. But the first time that I ever really felt like something and got invested in it when I was a fan was 98 when they went on their title run. That was the first one I was really locked into. I knew the game of basketball. I was playing basketball. But, yeah, I remember my mom working and literally laying in my parents' bed with my dad, watching that game, watching them lose. And then my dad's looking at me going, they they lose games. It's okay. They play 40 more. Then why are you so upset? That's what I said to him. What's yours? It's really hard for me to pinpoint, like, my – first memory like I can remember being young and going to Rupp for a Kentucky and Tennessee game but I couldn't even tell you the year but Kentucky won I feel like one of the memories I have is it wasn't even a game that I watched uh when I was a kid I lived in an apartment complex with people I still talk to today actually there were a bunch of kids that were around my age um really fun actually but we were out playing basketball that day when Dwayne Wade had a triple double against Kentucky what year would that have been Sean like 03 maybe 02 03 whatever that was so I didn't even watch that game but I can remember like that that was the first time I remember hearing Dwayne Wade's name and of course he went on to have you know a hall of fame NBA career um I remember the 05 game well with Patrick Sparks obviously against Michigan State in the lead eight but in terms of really getting upset like you're talking about I was probably when I was in middle school when Edgar Sosa hit the three for Louisville against Kentucky and here I go on and on about how I don't care about Louisville uh on this podcast when I was a kid yeah like that one bothered me and uh, you know I was so like you were a little different because you came up like seeing UK very good like winning titles you can remember that like I don't remember 98 so I came up in that generation that like you knew Kentucky basketball was very good but you know didn't really see it (laughs) in action until Cal period got here so fun question I appreciate a second take uh always ask good questions what else we got in here, Sean? Let's see. Tanner Hall asks, uh, if a certain coach is no longer with the program within the coming week or so, how does it affect Scott Clark? You and I talked about that this week, and I thought you had a really good answer. With it being college basketball, it's Kentucky basketball. I think I don't see Scott Clark flipping a decision if if Joel Justice isn't with Kentucky much longer. Yeah, I mean, I just – I don't know. Like, I don't think Scott Clark is a Cade Cunningham-level 
top play. I mean, he's a good recruit. He's committed early. I think the kid clearly wants to be at Kentucky. So by all means, you know, I think you hope he stays committed. But that's to me, if he were to change his mind or do something else, like I don't think it totally ruins whatever plans you have for the season after this one. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Good looking prospect. Um, committed early, probably kind of kid that could help you recruit at class if you really wanted him to. But I just think with how many options there are these days and with Kentucky probably being a team that can attract a lot of talent elsewhere, I just don't know how much it's going to matter for if you lose some of these commitments from kids that aren't kind of bona fide day one studs, I guess. And I don't know if Clark is quite in that range yet. You've seen him play, though. I mean, maybe you feel differently than I do about that. I don't know. I want to see him play on the circuit for another high school season. Not really sure what's going to happen with that. Uh, but I don't think that I don't think he goes anywhere if when if changes are made. Uh, speaking of changes, UK Shane has guys. When do you think we're when do you think we'll hear something about the assistant coaches? And do you think we get the Miller kid from Illinois? Maybe well, is can you, do you think we'll hear anything between now and Friday? I know that was the me. first belief, right? Is it? Well, we yeah. Yeah. Yeah, had you asked me Saturday, I would have said yes. But, you know, as we get to Wednesday, I don't know. I've, it seems like there's a lot of moving parts still, which – Well, you know. what you have, Derek, is when things like this happen, no one's getting fired. Most of the time people will find other jobs and then those place, those spots get filled mm-hmm. when there's changes made, which could make it last longer. As for Miller – Somebody asked me last night in an email about him, and I said, well, I'm not ready to close the door and the book on him because I kind of want to see how this coaching staff situation plays out. I don't, I'm not ready to say they'll get him. I'm not ready to say that they won't. Obviously, Kentucky's a factor. We know LSU is a factor. Uh, but if that drags out a couple of weeks, given the time frame, uh, I, th- I think Kentucky would still have their hands in that one. Yeah, and like you said, I thought you made a good point. I mean, maybe maybe Miller will reach a point where he thinks he's got a good opportunity somewhere else and he won't even wait around to see kind of what happens. So I don't think uh, either side in that case is – I don't know. I, the more I think – as of today, like, like I'm saying, the Frederick stuff in my mind changed a lot of things because, I mean, I guess there could still be a spot for Miller, but I'm kind of thinking no – at the moment, but could be wrong. Perhaps some things have already been settled, but I think that's it in terms of the public one, Sean. I know you got some DMs. Do you see yeah, one? I've got quite a few here in DMs. I'm trying to make sure I don't miss someone. And then I've got, well, we got one more right here. Let me see. Uh, find it. I just passed it. Where is it? I think so. Or am I overlooking one? Oh, here it is. SBD. Please continue in-depth discussion on Isaiah Jackson's decision, assuming there is success on an additional point guard addition. The IJ decision seems to be the next choice that could greatly affect the overall view of next season. Yeah, with uh, Isaiah, I've not really heard anything differently. I mean, still in Lexington working out. Sounds like he's still in town, still leaving a, a possible return open. But when does he get that feedback? is my question like when is that like this is who you are this is where you fall this is where you stack up when does that when does he get that because that's when it feels like he finally makes a 
right. 100% decision, right? If that's what he's waiting on. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. I just, I just don't know when that is. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe a month or two. I don't know. I mean, I know that the deadline for that stuff goes all the way until July, but I would think the feedback's in well before, uh, well before that. So I still lean towards him leaving. Um, but hey, you, you know, you know, it's not totally off the books because he's not signed with an agent yet. So until he does that, I think Cal will continue to make his pitch that the kid could be a top five player if he comes back. But, you know, I, I do think you have to wonder a little bit if, if you know, if Keon's waiting to hear what Isaiah is going to do. So, I mean, in some ways, maybe it is affecting the roster construction a little bit. Just because I don't see those guys both back next season. And I'm, I'm wondering if at some point this week that we get something on Mints. Like it just, it feels like that that's going to come before a lot of things do. I, I don't know. Like maybe that provides more clarity whenever we get something from him on exactly what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like if they get Washington and Frederick and then Mintz still hasn't made a decision, not really sure what Mintz is looking at. I don't know if it's they're waiting to see if they had another two guard. Cause I think if Mintz decided, hey, yeah, I want to come back, I think Kentucky would probably cut it right there. Get Washington, get Frederick, Mintz, and you're done in the backcourt. And then you just look at and say, okay, which one? Is it Jackson? Is it Keon? You don't get both back. There's no way both those guys are back. Yep, I'm with you there. So, yeah, I think you're ready to go to slide them DMs. Um, This comes from Kyle. Should Cal wait on these point guards in the transfer portal who want to test the NBA draft waters or take who is ready to commit now? If you wait, you run the risk of not getting anyone. And if you take someone now, you could potentially lose out on a great fit. What's the move here? It's complicated, right? I'm sure it'll be criticized either way. That's why I think that their point guard option is actually Washington. And then it comes down to, do you have a roster spot open? Marcus Carr decides, hey, I'm not going to the NBA. What do you want to do, Marcus? Do you want to come to Kentucky and play, or do you want to go elsewhere? I definitely agree that – if I were the one over there running it, I would definitely have Washington as my number one priority. And then anything else could kind of be gravy to that. But I know there are going to be people out there who, who disagree with that, who who are nervous about going in the next season with two freshmen. And I, I totally get it after this year. But to the second point that they're asking, like, if you don't pursue Washington when you think you could have gotten them, he goes elsewhere, and then Carr does stay in the draft, then, yeah, then you're left in a tough spot. So – to me, Washington's closer to a decision. That's the one I would pursue for now. If he comes, then you can work around it. If he doesn't come, then you know, you know, your board's still in a spot that that you know you need to address it. So I think that's the smart play right now is to go pursue Washington pretty hard. And he, I think he told Sports Illustrated today that he plans to make a decision by the end of the month. So it shouldn't be too much longer on him, another week or so. Uh, next question comes from Nick. Can you guys talk about Hardy? What happened? Where exactly UK stands and all that? I think the man just wants to go get paid. That go to the G League. I mean, he's a a great player. I think he's gonna follow that uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Green. Yeah, yeah, Green. That route. So I just think he found that to be a more appealing option than going to college. So tough blow for UK though, in the sense that I can remember maybe last year. The prevailing thought was that UK was going to get Ben Caro and Hardy. 
Yeah. There was a time where that seemed to have been the thought. And obviously they're not going to get either of those guys now. But hey, probably just goes more to well, in one hand, they got beat out, obviously, by Duke. But then on with Hardy, you see kind of this new G League option coming into play where 10 years ago you wouldn't have had to have worried about that. Ten years ago they get probably both of them, but certainly probably Hardy. Maybe even more recent than that. But yeah, that's the thing with him was just better option. But um, maybe what you're asking too is I do think Kentucky, it seemed like the buzz was for UCLA, right? If he yeah. was going to go to college, it seemed like it would flip to them. So in that regard, I don't know really what happened as to why Kentucky would have fallen off. Perhaps Kentucky stopped recruiting him hard because they knew he probably wasn't coming to school and UCLA was willing to to go a little bit harder. I don't know, though, the exact reason for that. Uh, last one here in the mailbag. And I don't want to pronounce your name wrong here, so correct me if it's wrong. I'll say both. Is it Venice or Venice? Uh, fellow 606. Oh, yeah, Derek from Harlan County. Love your love your guys show and what you do representing the 606 in Kentucky so well. But I think the coaching staff changes need to happen. And I think it's because of the transfer portal. You need an assistant that knows how to go in there and maneuver through those waters, just like the Baylor coach and just like the Arkansas coach. We need to grab one of those assistants that knows how to get in the portal and get guys out of there. Do you think they will go that route? Eric, the transfer portal is kind of becoming a player now. Like that, that is equally as important now as what you do in the summer months on the circuits. When it comes to those offers, those scholarships, the transfer portal is almost a second recruiting season. It is, it's completely changing the game. And let's just, the rumor is Orlando Antigua. Everyone knows that. Like we can sit here and dance around names and everything, but everyone knows Orlando Antigua. We know how good he was the first time at Kentucky. When it was him and Kenny Payne, you couldn't have had better people build relationships than those two were. So Arkansas doing it very well right now under Musselman. Bruce Pearl having success with it. Scott Drew obviously had a ton of success with it. Ended up being pillar pieces to a national championship team. Let's just go off of this. Is Orlando Antigua a guy that late in the recruiting cycle, after it's all shaped up, when you get to March, is that a guy you want making phone calls with you? Or is this going to be more of a head coaching thing that happens now? Well, it's kind of the muscleman is even before the portal exploded, like his whole his whole deal at Nevada um, was, I mean, to get transfers. He had a lot of kids that were transfers that came in there. So he's always worked the portal. Um, to the point that the, that the question asked, I, I agree that when you're recruiting these transfers, it is going to be, it's going to be different. You know, you, you do need some guys who can go in there and do that. But, uh, when you look back to the hire of Jay Lucas, one of the things Jay talked about in his interviews was that recruiting your own roster and keeping them here, uh, was going to become a big thing. And I think that's part of the reason Jay was hired. And I think you could see the same thing, um, for, for anyone, I mean, for any team, you're going to need to be able to do that. So I do think there was some foresight, though, by John Calipari in that regard that they were talking about this back, you know, last summer whenever Jay got hired. So I think for for Antigua and, and whoever else, I mean, we'll see if there's any other changes besides that. I think it will be important that uh, you can have those kind of connections. But it'll be interesting to me to see how many spots Kentucky in a normal year is going to uh, look to the portal to address their needs. So I think every team's going to do it. Um, 
we've seen that by now. I mean, there's too many good players really that you can go out there and get that you know about that you don't have to kind of count so much on a on a high schooler to do. So good question. I appreciate that. Um, I know Sean probably has a few more questions in the mailbag that we can get to here in a, just a minute. I'm scanning through here, trying to see if we have any more that I might have missed. Um, oh, I, actually, I did have one from Justin. And Justin asked this question on Saturday. So this one's been in the mailbag just simmering for a little bit. Justin asked, if we don't have a point guard locked up by Memorial Day, do we start to get very worried about next year's roster? If not Memorial Day, what is the date we hit the panic button? Thanks as always. Well, Justin, I don't want you panicking. Don't, don't need to panic. That's uh, not good. But I don't know. Um, I think they're going to have someone in place by Memorial Day for sure. I mean, you got until the end of, what, next month for that. Checking my calendar here. Yeah, in May. So I think Ty Ty, if I think he'll probably alleviate some of those concerns if he commits this weekend. I mean, you'll have two guys who are five star freshmen coming in. You hope with Cal's track record of success over the years that one of those guys will hit. So if he goes somewhere else, then yeah, I mean, maybe you start to kind of question it. But, you know, he's still the men's decision. I know some people aren't fond of him having to play point guard potentially, but, um, He's there for you if you need him. He did a pretty good job last season. So I think they're going to be okay in that regard. I think they're going to be just fine um, at the point guard spot. Good stuff. Good mailbag. We appreciate everyone for submitting questions. This was a midweek mailbag. This is something we're going to do occasionally throughout the month, probably a couple of times a month to get a midweek in there. Basketball only. We will still have a Friday mailbag. I already have a couple of questions that's football related to that. So go ahead and start sending in your questions for Friday. So you're going to get two mailbag episodes this week. Derek, this is always a very popular episode, but this is the first time we've ever done a basketball only. We will do a football only when we get to football season and do things like that. And uh, I know we've discussed too changing the mailbag day in football, probably to Monday. So that's something that we could look at, but if it's through the summer and stuff, we'll keep it, as is, but we greatly appreciate it. As always, make it out to Buffalo Wings and Rings. We're, we're grateful for their sponsorship of the mailbag episodes here on Kentucky Daily right there in I-75 in London. Uh, to the right, if you're coming down I-75 south and to the left, or actually the exit is to your right, but then it's on the left side. Uh, you turn left there at the light in London. So get out to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Wonderful food there. Great game experience. If you can, if you can't get out to Kroger Field this fall, get to London, Kentucky and watch Buff, uh, at Buffalo Wings and Rings. Great place to watch a game. Great food. Great experience. I promise you, you will enjoy yourself and have a good time. Uh, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.